Hey guys, it's Mac and you're listening to the In My Feels podcast series. We are so excited you're here. If you're looking to get even more out of this series, be sure to grab the In My Feels Bible study book available at both forthegirl.com and lifeway.com slash in my feels. This study is what this podcast series is all about. In this study, you'll be able to dig into scripture to understand the heart of God in each and every one of these eight core feelings and even begin to implement these things into your everyday spiritual journeys. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss this Bible study. So grab a copy and let's get into the episode. Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the For the Girl podcast. As you know, we're in the middle of our In My Feels series. It is going along with our brand new Lifeway study. If you haven't gotten it, you definitely need to because it just might be one of our favorite new studies, obviously. But every single week, we start off this podcast with a little section that's in the book, in the group guides. It's the first discussion question every single week just to get the conversation going, just the juices flowing. And so we're doing that with you. And we have an awesome one today. It's on topic. Today, we're going to be talking about the feeling of sadness. So we are going to start by sharing our earliest childhood memory of being sad. Do you have one, Mac? Ooh. This is sad. I'm already sad. This is about sad. <laughs> oh, Why no. do I feel like childhood sadness is always it's around worse. animals? Is your Wait, animal? Oh my gosh. It is. It is. Yeah, I it's yours. I knew it. Mine is around an animal too. <laughs> I feel like every kid's childhood sadness is around an, an animal. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, but ours, true. I knew yours okay. was going to be, and I don't know what story it okay. is. I wish I had something else, but I guess we'll just stick with the animal. Okay. Theme. Mine was that when I was little, or I don't remember how old I was. I was in elementary school. I know. We got this dog. Its name was Mercedes. It was a terrible dog. <laughs> Literally the worst dog ever. I loved it, of course, but it chewed up everything. It just did everything wrong and everything bad. It was just one of those dogs who needed to live on a farm. You know, they just needed to live on a farm and roam free and be able to herd animals. I don't know. So my dad despised the dog. And my dad, you know my dad. He's like, he's like the most patient, yeah. the most kind, loving, compassionate man on the planet. And this is the most out of character thing for him, which makes you see how bad the dog was. My dad literally told my mom when, at one point, he was like, either I go or the dog goes. He was like, I can't <laughs> do it anymore. And so we had to get rid of the dog. And it was oh, heartbreaking. No. <laughs> it was so heartbreaking as a child to come home to know more dogs Wait, that I loved. So you loved the dog. Nobody else. Did, oh. But did you guys have a special bond or something? I mean, I was just in elementary school and just. It was my animal. I don't know. I just loved the dog. I don't really remember much of why I loved it, but I loved it. So, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have a reason to love it, but you loved it. No, I, I loved that. it. Also, this is so funny. So for Christmas, when we got this dog, 
for Christmas, my mom wrapped up like a dog toy, a leash, and all the things. And so each of my siblings, at the same time, we opened up one of the dog things to signify uh, we were getting a dog. Yeah. And I opened up a dog toy and I started crying and I was like, I don't want a dog toy. <laughs> I thought I got a dog toy for Christmas. <laughs> And I was so sad about it, but turns out we got a dog and that I was very happy. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. really funny, actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. Kids See, again, are so funny. Another sad moment having to do with an animal. Yeah, that might have been the earliest, obviously. Okay, yeah, mine is an animal as well. I had a dog. <laughs> Why does this now feel really boring? Like nobody really cares about our old childhood pets, but it's fine. <laughs> okay, so I had a dog. Yeah, no. okay. What was its name? Its name was Molly. It was a little white fluffy dog. I don't even know what kind of dog. I, I do know, but I don't know the name of it. But mm-hmm. like I remember, I just don't know. Okay, it was really sad. It literally, this is real dog heroism i was walking up the steps of our backyard and there was a rattlesnake and my dog molly it was my dog by the way it wasn't the my siblings dog it was my dog and this dog jumped in front of me because of the rattlesnake and oh attacked no the way yeah yeah this is real and it, it saved you well i guess i think i don't know what happens if you get bit by a rattlesnake but the dog went at the rattlesnake and kept going at the rattlesnake, which <gasps> it should have just went this away. This is heartbreaking. Yeah. And so it got bit by the rattlesnake, obviously a lot. And when dogs get bit by rattlesnakes, they don't die right away. They just kind of are struggling. And so I looked at my dad and I was like, dad, he always tells me this story. I was crying, obviously sad. This is my first moment of sadness. I was like, dad, do whatever you can to save my dog. That's what I said. Do whatever you can. And so my parents say that they spent so much freaking money trying to get this dog rehabilitated, but it ended up dying. But literally Uh my dad says he took the dog to the doctor, the vet, and he was like, do whatever you need to do. (laughs) Apparently vet bills are super expensive. He probably wouldn't have done it. He was like, my daughter, da da da. So anyways... My dog. Oh died. my goodness! That day, that is traumatic because you watched it. Oh uh, yeah! Don't out, remind me. I'm don't sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Oh my wow. goodness. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just talk about this feeling. Let's get in our feels a little bit because we, um, we, we have some good news and sadness that I'm excited about sharing. So yes, yes, of course. Okay, but. Sadness. Sadness is a feeling that probably, I feel like, 99% of humans are very, very familiar with. Some of us probably more familiar than others, but none of us are immune to the heaviness or the aches and pain of this emotion. Yeah, It's a feeling you experience through loss, like we were talking about, like our, our dogs passing away, but even more heavy, maybe someone in your life that passed away, somebody you loved yeah. or... Or it could be a loss of a season, moving on. Um, I feel like sadness is often defined by the word goodbye, you know, after a breakup or a friend moving away. You just have to say those heart-wrenching words, goodbye. It's so hard. It's a feeling you experience when just something really tragic in your life happens and you find yourself in this this dark pit. And 
Yeah. I think most of us would probably agree that being sad just isn't fun. And we kind of feel like this emotion or this feeling can be a burden to other people. We convince ourselves on our sad days that we're just going to kill the vibe and people aren't going to want to be around us. And eventually they're just going to leave us because they don't want to deal with our feelings. And so we end up actually experiencing this feeling or dealing with this feeling in some really crazy ways because of that. And we'll talk about that more in a second of what it looks like to for this emotion to turn sour. But I'll just start off this episode by admitting that this is one of those feelings that I absolutely personally hate. <laughs> I really, And I know that we all probably don't like it, but I am like, to the nth degree, don't like it. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you're familiar with the Enneagram, but I am a full-fledged Enneagram 7, which, if you know, this is the type of personality that suppresses feelings, but particularly any feelings that have to do with any kind of sadness. And it's real. I try to, quote-unquote, get over my sadness in like two point two seconds. I'm like, please, Lord, I don't want to do this. I run away from it. <laughs> I turn sad things into happy things, weirdly. Mm. I'm always looking for some silver lining or finding something fun to do so I don't have to think about my sadness. And even talking about it right now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be sad. I hate this feeling. (laughs) (laughs) But, Mac, I feel like you might be a little bit better about addressing your sadness. I don't know. Am I wrong? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I feel like I'm prone to being sad. Sometimes I just... I think that I'm dramatic in my sadness. I might pendulum the other way, Kens. Uh, this is what I've been doing recently. <laughs> I'm a newlywed right now. So maybe this is n- new if you're new in a relationship or something. But I will get sad about something having to do with my relationship, essentially. And then I start filling in the gaps in my head. And I start writing the story and the narrative of what if this continues on like <laughs> this forever and always. And then I ended up making myself even more sad because of what crazy story I've told myself in my head. And so sometimes I find myself, it's hard for me to break out of sadness. It's hard for me to be kind of like out of it because I internalize it like you, but I spiral in it. And, and I just lose myself in it and I lose truth in it oftentimes. And so sadness is just one of those hard ones because I really believe that there, we automatically hear sadness and we're like, oh, I need to do whatever it takes to not be sad. But I actually think that there's some beautiful stuff in sadness, but I also know there is a sour side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like. We're already seeing this sour side come out. So I'll just go ahead and name it. It's a little thing that we like to call self-pity. Oh. This one we... I feel like we don't use this word a lot. It hurts. It hurts because I relate. I know I do this. Yeah. It's really sounding like you're doing this in your newlywed (laughs) season, Mac. (laughs) I know. Self-pity, man. (laughs) Okay, I find myself here too. I really do. I find myself here. But I feel like this is a perfect way to describe it. Self-pity looks like this or sounds like this. It's the I'm fine. 
I'll get over it. I'm fine. I'll just get over it. I'll get over it. I'm fine. Literally, that is me a lot of the times, almost every day. Like I said, I'll experience just a tiny bit of sadness. And immediately I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But the truth is, here's the thing. When the sun goes down. The truth of it is something else. (laughs) <laughs> there's, yeah, there's something below this I'm fine mentality. And that's when everything quiets down. You're at home alone. Maybe it's at night. You lay your head on the pillow at night and you just don't feel so fine. All of a sudden, all these really sad and really hard moments, they start to hit you like a ton of bricks. And it turns into self-pity. You sit there and you're like, okay, why would you do this to me? This is really unfair. Why does she get this? And I get that. Or couldn't you have done blank? And you start to say these things over and over again. And you turn into like this self-pity negative mindset, not only to other people, but also toward Jesus. And it just gets ugly really fast. It turns into being really irritable, You just are negative, jealous, and a whole bunch of not-so-pretty things. And I don't know if you found yourself there, but that truthfully is, and you have to be truthful with yourself, but that's what happens when sadness goes undealt with. Hey, For the Girl fam, maybe it's that time of year when you're already starting to think about those summer plans. Maybe you're looking for a summer job, a way to adventure, a way to serve and share the gospel, or simply an incredibly cool way to spend your next summer. Well, I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing opportunity with Windshape Camps. Windshape Camps was started by the founder of Chick-fil-A. We love that, Truett Kathy, and it creates a next level summer camp experience for kids and families to have fun while also learning about life with Jesus. Windshape is on the lookout for some ultimate top-notch college girls like you to serve as a counselor or program staff worship leader, work in media, or even an admin role at one of their three overnight camp locations in the North Georgia mountains, or traveling across the country, bringing camp to one of their 90 church partners. Here's one of the coolest things about Windshape Camps, in my opinion. They are the highest paying summer camp in the country. And for the entire summer, they will cover your food, lodging, and travel to and from camp. So no matter where you live, this is an opportunity for you. Mac and I have always said that one of our biggest regrets from college was not serving as a camp counselor. We talk about it all the time simply because we have so many friends who live across the country and their lives have forever been changed. You can learn more information by signing up through the interest form, which is a link in our show notes. And from there, we'll send you more information and everything you need to apply. Or if you're like, okay, wait, no, I'm already ready to apply. You can go to workatwindshape.org. That's workatwindshape.org and apply directly there. Trust us when we say that this is a small step of faith that can lead to one of the biggest moves of God in your life and probably have the best summer ever. So don't be like us and regret not working at a camp for the rest of your life. Head to that interest form 
in our show notes, fill it out and take that first step towards a meaningful, adventurous, and life-changing summer with Windshape Camps. All right, For the Girl fam, I am so excited to tell you all about one of my new favorite online boutiques, and that is Clothed in Love. Clothed in Love is a modern Christian apparel company that began in 2015. The founder, Joanna Jones, just like so many of us, had always struggled with earning God's love and approval, and it wasn't until she had a true encounter with the Father's love that she had breakthrough and the realization that His love was tangible, a safe place, and that God wanted to do everyday life with her. And that moment is why Clothed in Love started, because God's word is life-changing. It's powerful and effective, and what better way to spread the gospel than by wearing it daily. I love that so much. Their name is based on Colossians 3.14, which says, Wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. And I got to say, I just checked out their site and they have so many cute pieces for the fall. I'm personally eyeing the fearfully and wonderfully made sweatshirt and jogger set because your girl loves a matching set. They would both be cute on their own, but together, so, so cute. You have to check out their site and see their entire fall collection for yourself. We actually have a code for you to get 15% off. It's all caps. FTG, as in for the girl, FTG fam, as in family, 15, FTG fam, 15, all caps for 15% off your first order. So head to clothedinloveboutique.com to start shopping and to grab some super cute pieces for this fall. It's interesting, actually, this week in the study, we talked about this story of Naomi in scripture. It's found in the book of Ruth. It's a really short book, and it's a really awesome part of the study because you'll just dive in really quickly and understand it for yourself. But basically, Naomi, she lost a ton in her life. First, she lost her husband. Then she lost both of her sons, and she was living super far away from home when all of this happened. And as you read through the scripture, you see that Naomi, she kind of toughed it up and and stepped into this I'm fine mentality. She went about her days, sucked it up, just kept like tromping forward. And she even actually at one point, you'll have to read it for yourself. She gave herself the name Mara. What Mara translates to, it means bitter one. And she said this because she felt like the Lord had forsaken her. On the outside, it looked like she was fine, but in the inside, she felt really bitter. She had a whole lot of self-pity. And Naomi, she was just sad. She was sad because of what she had lost, but she really let it turn into this ugly thing called self-pity. So gosh, I can resonate with this so much that I'm like, give me an invitation because how do we get over this? I'm fine mentality. How do we deal with sadness without letting it get so ugly? Oh my goodness. I love the invitation that Jesus offers us in our sadness because I think oftentimes we don't know what to do with it. We don't know where to take it. And I think Jesus says, hey, will you come to me and will you step into my invitation of 
embrace. So embrace is our invitation from Jesus this week. And I want to share just a quick story. I'm sure we all know this, but this is from John 11. And it's this moment where we actually have the shortest verse in the Bible. And it's the two words, Jesus wept. And why did Jesus weep? Well, his friend Lazarus had died and Mary and Martha, which were Lazarus's sisters, were, were weeping and they were so sad. And Jesus comes to them in the midst of their mourning and he weeps with them. He gets in their pain with them. And I love this because when we are swimming deep in our own grief, I believe that Jesus is offering us this beautiful invitation of embrace. And first off, I think that means we have to embrace him. To, to run to him, to fall at his feet, and to cast our worries, our cares, and our tears right there, and to let him embrace us in return. I love that idea of just running to Jesus, embracing him, and like a father hugging their kid when they're crying because they just scraped their knee, let him embrace us in return. And then secondly, I think when we do that, he actually invites us to embrace what we're feeling with him. I think he says like, hey, sadness isn't something to be ashamed of. Rather, it's the emotion that actually speaks to how deeply we value something in our life, something we love or something we've lost. So the more that we value something or someone, the more that we open up our heart to something, yeah, of course, the more sadness we're gonna feel when it's gone. And that's actually so beautiful. I mean, think about how beautiful that is. The depths of our sadness match up to the depths of how much we love something. So in actuality, when we embrace that thing, we're actually celebrating how much value that thing had in our life. So kids, those dogs that we were so sad about when we were kids, it's because we, we loved them deeply. And then as we've gone throughout our life and we've had to say goodbye to amazing friendships and amazing seasons and amazing relationships and amazing opportunities, so many things that maybe for a season broke our heart, it was because there was value in that thing in our life. And so, yes, of course, we should we should mourn that and we should celebrate that when we have to say goodbye to it. And I love that Jesus doesn't just say, hey, get over yourself, like how he did with Mary's grief. When Mary came to him and she fell at his feet and she said, Jesus, if you would have been here, like this wouldn't have happened. Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'm actually about to raise Lazarus from the dead because that is what happens. He doesn't say, hey, get over yourself. He responds with compassion. He feels what she felt. He gets in it with her and he embraced her as she grieved and she honored what she had lost. And so that breakup that has been crushing your heart, I just believe that Jesus is inviting you to grieve it with him or that feeling of maybe deeply missing home. Homesickness is so real. Would you feel it at the feet of Jesus? The sadness you feel from the loss of a friendship, Jesus is in it with you. The tears that you've cried over the death of a dream, would you mourn it with Jesus? The loss of someone you love, I just believe that Jesus wants to embrace you as you embrace how much you miss that person. And like you talked about, Kenz, I think so many of us, we've trained our hearts to run away from sadness. But in effect, we've just numbed our hearts to everything. And and John 11 shows us that Jesus embraced sadness because he knew that it was a gift that allows the heart to do what it was ultimately created to do. 
And what we were created to do is to love deeply. And so there is no true love without the risk of deep sadness. The more we love in this world, the more sadness we will feel. And that's actually beautiful and such a gift. And so Jesus, he's just inviting you to to grieve, to mourn, to cry as a sign of honor, recognition, and value for the things that truly matter in your life. People, relationships, hopes, dreams, friendships, they're all gifts from God that we're invited to love deeply when we have them, to like invest ourselves, to pour ourselves into them when we have them, and then mourn them deeply when we have to release them. Scripture shows us that sadness is actually God's design for us to cleanse our hearts by running to Him when the world fails us, for Him to embrace us, for us to embrace Him. And that's the gift of feeling the fullness of your sadness and letting it lead you to his loving embrace. I love at the end of that passage of scripture that the people there that day know how deeply Jesus loved Lazarus because of the tears that he cried. Those tears that he cried for Lazarus were a recognition of how much Jesus loved Lazarus. Mm. And so would you mourn, would you almost lean into your sadness with Jesus? Would you let him embrace you in the midst of your sadness so that together you can grieve, mourn, and cry as this sign of honor, as this sign of recognition and value for this thing that Jesus allowed you to love for a season. And that, yes, it's hard to to have to say goodbye to it. So mm, yes, it's a lot, so good. good news. Yes, yes, it's hard. And I see why we want to run away from it. But I hope this compels you because it definitely compels me to lean into my sadness. I can think about people in my life who do this so well and they experience sadness with people or through their own life. And it is exactly what you're saying. Those are also the people that just love big and invest deeply. That marks their life. And to be honest, I don't think people could say the same thing about me, this Enneagram 7 running around wild right now. And so I want that. I want to be marked by loving big and investing deep. And so I think that means that I got to get a little more comfortable <laughs> with embracing sad moments yeah, and embracing just people and experiences around me. Well, I am so excited to get some more practicals from our feelings expert, Donna, this week. I think she's got some really good stuff for you as you're wrestling with this or wanting to get better at it. So take it away, Donna. Hello again, Donna here, talking about SAD. As you have been working through In My Feels and listening to the podcast, Do you notice that we can have more than one feeling at a time? It is totally normal. We are complicated people with complicated emotions. If you take the time to sort out your feelings, you will feel more connected to yourself and more grounded in who you are. Okay, now to talk about sadness. First of all, when you are sad, I want to invite you to be so gentle to yourself. In the same way, that you would be gentle to a small child that's sad. Sadness is here for a reason. You're missing something or someone or something happened that you were not expecting. Be gentle and allow it to be present. 
Sometimes people are afraid that if they let themselves feel sad, they will start crying and never stop. I get it. But you can actually put some boundaries around your feelings. You can set a timer on your phone and take just 10 minutes to let yourself remember that thing that you're sad about, that person that you're missing, your hometown before you moved, the fun you had with that friend, the comfort you experienced with your grandparent. After the 10 minutes, move on. Put on some upbeat music, do something fun. You can let yourself feel your feelings a little at a time so you don't get overwhelmed. One thing you can do that can be really therapeutic is to write a letter to yourself about what you wish had happened or write a letter to the person you are missing, what you wish they knew. This isn't a letter to send. This is a letter that just helps you get your thoughts together and out of you. The letter acts as a type of container. You may want to read it to a friend. Sharing your feelings with someone safe helps you feel seen, heard, and connected to others. We're actually going to revisit this idea when we talk about shame. What if your sad feelings are really big and you need to get some stuff done? Great questions. Remember back in the hurt episode, I said we feel our feelings, but they don't get to drive our bus? Apply the same thing here. Comfort yourself by putting a hand on your chest and saying, okay, I know we're sad right now, but we have some things to do and we can come home and cry and be sad again later. I know that might be hard today, but we can do this. At the end of the day, spend some time journaling your thoughts that you had when you didn't have time to process them because you had to do your life. When you practice this, you are practicing emotion regulation, the ability to have feelings, but not let your feelings control your life. Wow, we have loved getting in our feels with you guys. I hope you've loved it too. Continue following along throughout the week because we are posting on Instagram and on TikTok. You'll get a little inside scoop of our lives and so much more. We'll see you next week. I hope you have a great rest of your week.